Hello and good morning, everyone. On behalf of the entire team here in Milwaukee, I'm thrilled to welcome you to the beautiful Pfizer Forum. Thank you for traveling to be with us today and for attending our winter media walkthrough. My name is Katie Peters, and I'm the Senior Director of Communications for the 2020 Democratic National Convention Committee. The fact that the convention is happening here in Wisconsin makes this role even more special for me. I grew up 120 miles north of where we are right now in Green Bay, and for six generations, my family has called Wisconsin home. I couldn't be more excited that hosting the convention here in Wisconsin is creating an opportunity for more people to explore this great state and to get to know the wonderful people who live here. We have a lot of work cut out for us over the next six months, but our goal for today's walkthrough is to help kick off your convention planning by orienting you to the convention complex, the city of Milwaukee, and resources across the state of Wisconsin. While the majority of today's program is off the record and has been designed for planning purposes only, the first 30 minutes of our program will be on the record. To start off that on the record portion of the event, I would like to welcome Joe Solmanese. Many of you have worked with Joe before, but for those of you who've yet to meet him, Joe has an impressive track record of leading and working with some of the nation's most recognized organizations, including the Human Rights Campaign, Emily's List, and Planned Parenthood. I'm confident that all of my convention colleagues here today will, will join me in acknowledging that we're extremely lucky to have him as our fearless leader. Please welcome Joe Solmanese. Good morning and Happy New Year. Uh, on behalf of the convention team and the Democratic Party, I want to welcome you to Milwaukee and in particular welcome you to Pfizer Forum. It is a spectacular place, just over a year old, and I hope that uh, you're as impressed with uh, this facility as we have been since we've been here for the past six months or so. I also want to recognize uh, Mayor Tom Barrett and Congresswoman Gwen Moore, who are serving as co-chairs of our host committee and who many of you heard from last night. I want to thank Senator Tammy Baldwin, Governor Tony Evers, Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes, and State Treasurer Sarah Godlewski for their leadership here in Wisconsin and who are with us today. I want to thank Alex Lazary of the Bucks organization for leading the effort to bring the convention here to Milwaukee. Alex is not with us today, but is serving as the finance chair for the convention. And I want to thank everyone here in the city of Milwaukee and across the state of Wisconsin for helping us to succeed in this uh, gargantuan effort that we have taken on here. They've made our decision to come here an easy one, and we are deeply grateful to them for their hospitality. I'm also grateful to each of you for being here with us today. Uh, as Katie mentioned, I have... Um, had the opportunity to have a long career in public service and activism, having led the Human Rights Campaign, Emily's List, Planned Parenthood. Uh, I had the opportunity to work in presidential politics, and as a result, I've been at every Democratic convention since 1988. Uh, as someone who has worked around politics all my life, I've celebrated with victorious underdogs, and I've been crushed by the narrowest of defeats. But through it all, I have worked alongside people who respect and admire the Fourth Estate. We need an effective free press to stand outside of politics, seeking and spreading the truth. It's mixed into the foundation of every functioning democracy, and it's what every citizen in this country deserves. 
So while the biggest part of my job is to set the stage for our eventual nominee to win in November, another profoundly important part of my job is to make sure that you can you do your job. I hope that you're reminded today that the Democratic Party is open and accessible to you because we trust you to tell the American people the truth about the important issues at stake in this election. We're confident that when the public gets the facts, and just the facts, straight from reliable media, our case, the Democrats, are better suited to lead this country into the future than the current occupant of the White House will be clear. We have seen a stark difference this year in the way that the two major parties treat the press. For three years now, we've seen the most powerful man in the world and the head of the Republican Party, the President of the United States, make an enemy of the press. He taunts you at rallies, he encourages his supporters to berate and mistrust you, and he challenges your patriotism. This is dangerous, and it is fundamentally un-American, and for Democrats, it is unacceptable. My goal as convention CEO is not just to oversee the logistical infrastructure of transportation and accommodations and access and credentials. It's also my goal to protect your safety and security, and the safety and security of all of our convention guests from the time you arrive until the time you depart. It's something that we think about every single day. We've already been hard at work with local law enforcement, the Secret Service, and security professionals here in Milwaukee to make sure that this convention is as safe as possible. So we want your feedback today as you visit with us. We want your ideas. We want this convention to be the most successful ever, and that means that we need your active engagement in how we can best help you do your job. And finally, I just want to say a quick word about why Democrats picked Milwaukee. I don't have to tell you that there is a pretty clear narrative about the strategic importance of Milwaukee and Wisconsin. We fell short in 2016, and while you can't boil the outcome of any election down to one cause, one of the errors that we made was failing to communicate as effectively as we could in key states. In fact, here in Wisconsin, overall turnout was the lowest that it's been in 20 years. So as we plan our convention, we'll be doing everything we can to put Wisconsin on the map and to make sure that more communities of every background feel included, seen, and heard. We're making it a priority to get out across the state into Wisconsin's communities, getting to know the people, listening to their stories, and making sure that our convention reflects what they want to see and what they want to hear. The convention we're building is less about spectacle and more about substance. When we bring the eyes of the world to Wisconsin, we're going to remind the American people what Democrats stand for, from affordable health care to higher wages to common sense gun reform. And if we pull that off, I am confident that we will win in November. And with that, I'd like to invite some of our Wisconsin elected officials to the stage. They have managed to inspire a massive midterm turnout here in Wisconsin with more voters casting their ballots in 2018 than any previous Wisconsin midterm. We're going to work with them to keep up this incredible momentum that, is, that has been achieved in this state just as their counterparts will across the country. These Wisconsin leaders are our partners here at the Democratic Convention, and we are so grateful for their daily advice, their leadership, and their support. And so I'd like to invite to join me here on the stage Governor Tony Evers, Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes, and State Treasurer Sarah Godlewski.
Is this working? Uh, well, thank you all for, for joining us today. And um, I, was at, I had a, a dinner with a few of my friends in the media last night, and um, when I told them that we were going to be having a panel discussion that would last about 10 minutes, they, um, they suggested a redirect. Um, and so <laughs> uh, I thought what I would do is just um, uh, open by saying that, um, you know, as many of you have told me, you come here, uh, you know, viewing this electoral landscape through a national lens, thinking about the national implications uh, for this election. Uh, and so what I thought might be helpful and might be interesting for all of you uh, is to hear a Wisconsin perspective uh, and, and hopefully to leave here with uh, some information about Wisconsin and the people here and uh, in particular the state of Milwaukee uh, that you might not have considered as you think about your coverage going forward. And so with that, I would open up with uh, Governor Evers. I also want to say, by the way, I believe that uh, today is the one-year anniversary of your inauguration. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations. Um, and open this with Governor Evers and talk about, um, perhaps from your perspective, why it is that it's so important and so meaningful that uh, the Democratic Party has made the decision to come here and hold the convention in Wisconsin. Yeah, great. And thanks so much for your good work also, Joel. Um, just to kick it off, I, I, you know, everybody talks about when we bring the convention, we brought the convention to Wisconsin, the, uh, uh, the issue of economic impact, and of course there's going to be that. And, uh, and so we're very happy and grateful around that. But uh, at the end of the day, this is, uh, this is a key state. I truly believe that uh, Wisconsin will be the state that uh, uh, elects a new president of the United States. It, it was key last time, and it's key this time. And so I, I think that in and of itself is important. And my, my goal as governor, especially during our primary in, in April, is to make sure that every single candidate that's still in there, and I think there will be many, and I think having that big tent is really an advantage, uh, not a disadvantage. Every one of them gets to Wisconsin and talks about the issues that are important to them, and I think that that will set the stage for uh, uh, what's going to be happening in July in, in Wisconsin. And the, um, uh, the last thing for me as governor is that this, this convention not only is going to, in my opinion, uh, bring the, uh, the next uh, president of the United States uh, to the stage here, but it's also something that, you know, for Wisconsin, we have very few chances to talk about what a great state this is. And from, from my vantage point as governor, we need to make sure that we tell a good story about Wisconsin. It's a great place to live and work. It's a great place that uh, values diversity, even though we struggle with that, but the valuing is still there. And so just from a, a, a healthy point of view, uh, not only is the politics important, next, next president of the United States and so on, but for, for me as governor, it's also important that we you know, it's a window to Wisconsin for the entire world, and we're going to make sure that uh, the entire world sees, uh, sees the great things that are going on here. And uh, Lieutenant Governor Barnes, I, I have uh, been inspired to hear you talk about Milwaukee and, and your hometown of Milwaukee, and uh, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts about, uh, you know, what you hope the potential lasting impact may be uh, in bringing the convention to Milwaukee, and also what we should be thinking about uh, and folks should be thinking about as they come to Milwaukee just in terms of what it is that you hope people experience here in Milwaukee. 
Yeah, thanks a lot. As a native of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, it's very exciting that we are the center of the political universe right now with convention uh, coming to town that sort of seals that, uh, seals that idea that we are uh, going to decide who the next president of the United States will be. Uh, with that being said, I think the lasting impact uh, that I hope to have here on the city and in the entire state is that we can no longer take areas like Wisconsin for granted, states like Wisconsin for granted, or cities uh, like Milwaukee, and investing and showing up uh, and, you know, placing our, uh, putting our putting our feet, or excuse me, planting our feet in a city like Milwaukee where we have this rich cultural diversity, uh, the kind of diversity that you need uh, if you're going to, you know, be successful in any sort of major political operation, especially a presidential election, uh, I think it is a signal for, uh, you know, the rest of the country. And it's, it's not just to have an impact on Milwaukee. It's about uh, the Cincinnati's, Cleveland's, and Columbus's in Ohio, the Detroit's and Michigan, and also the Pittsburgh's and uh, Philadelphia's in Pennsylvania, because without uh, making sure that we're actually communicating with our base, uh, we're going to be lost. And you mentioned it uh, in 2016. We we didn't have those conversations that we should have had. And last year, well, two years ago now, 2018, uh, we made sure that we had those conversations. That's why we were able to drive a historic midterm turnout. Now we know we need to have historic turnout in the presidential election uh, in order for us to be successful. And so with the lasting impact, I want people to, to, to think about Milwaukee in a much different light. Uh, we are not always seen as the, the, the larger player in the game, but I will remind everybody that the Bucks are 32 and 6 right now. And <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it goes beyond basketball. I think that is a testament to our city. We, uh, we, we punch above our weight. Uh, we've done that historically. We've done that forever. There was the old phrase that Milwaukee built the world. And I think we are getting back to that, to that place, back to our, uh, you know, our blue-collar working-class roots, our manufacturing roots. And uh, on a political angle, uh, I think that what we're seeing is sort of a reflection uh, of that. And we're going to be strong once again. And I'm, I'm excited for a convention and when we get to nominate the next president of the United States. And uh, the governor talked about Wisconsin as a, a microcosm of the country. But um, I'm just wondering, uh, to our, our treasurer, uh, Godlewski, um, you've won statewide in 18 as well. And I know as I've been out across the state, one of the things that folks have also reminded me, though, is that... Um, as we are here, we need to be focused in particular on the issues of importance to people of Milwaukee. And so in as much as this is a microcosm of the country and, and as you mentioned, a, um, you know, a national battleground and a place where people are increasingly thinking that the election may be settled, um, what are the particular sort of unique issues um, or unique lens through which we should be thinking about addressing those issues that are, um, that are you know, sort of unique to Wisconsin voters that you think we should be paying attention to? And uh, being the fifth-generation Western Wisconsinite on this stage, kind of talking about the other side of the state, which was really critical in 2016 as far as giving the electoral votes to Donald Trump. It had not voted for a Republican since Ronald Reagan. It's a part of the state that has a lot of blue-collar, hard-working Wisconsinites that just want to get ahead. And as I travel the state, one thing that I continue to hear, this theme of financial security. 
Um, whether it is I meet with young people who are in the state and they were telling me about their student loan debt issues that they're concerned about, they're paying interest rates of 9% plus, and they are thinking about having families, but they're like, I don't know how to get ahead because I can barely keep up with my bills to date. To um, the retirement work that we've been doing, one of the things that really surprised me is that we've been doing these listening sessions and across the state we have older people that are attending for their children because their kids aren't saving for retirement and they're not sure how they're going to be able to actually afford things. And we know prescription drug prices are going up. Healthcare is a big issue. And if there's one thing that I hope you walk away with Wisconsinites is that they are the nicest, but yet the hardest working people you will meet. Um, they really, they're not looking for a free ride, but they're looking for a way in which they can have a good quality middle-class lifestyle. And I think what they will see is that they're not getting that with what's going on in Washington and that they want to change. And that's something that we really need to work on bringing to the table and talking to Wisconsinites and letting them know that we are fighting for them when it comes to this financial security. And just as a, um, as a follow-up, uh, you know, I had mentioned in my remarks turnout in 16, and then you, you, know, you obviously um, uh, had a very different electoral landscape in 18. And you know, I think we hear a kind of shorthand, um, and we're going to talk later this afternoon about the, kind of the, the electoral path here in Wisconsin, but we sort of hear these shorthand, you know, we only need to move 20,000 people, or we only need to sort of boost the turnout in Milwaukee. We only need to sort of do fill in the blank to really change the landscape from 16. But I'm wondering if... Um, you know, I think we make we, we make mistakes, right, when we only look back at the last election and think we have to replay the tape differently. But if there are some other lessons that you all learned in 18, um, you know, about the electoral landscape and about, you know, being more thoughtful, intentional about how it is that we think about that work heading into 20. Yeah, I'd say two things that I, that I learned. First of all, um, when I ran for governor in the primary, we had at one point in time, 20 candidates. So that, that, that's similar to what we're seeing now. And, and I can tell you that um, as a candidate, that big tent and that large group made me a better candidate. And also, we, even though we thought we were extraordinarily different and on our views, pretty, we were pretty close. And so at any point in time, there was 20 of us running around the state of Wisconsin saying kind of the same thing. And I think that worked to our advantage. And I think what it also did, it, it really focused on some really important you know, kind of bedrock uh, uh, issues that we ran on and won on. We had to have good infrastructure in the state. We, we needed better health care, and we needed more resources for our public education system. And uh, we kept it simple, and, uh, and frankly, it, it worked. But the, I, I, think the, I think the message is focusing on some really specific issues, making sure that we do it in a pragmatic way also. I think those two things together will uh, get us over the hump. Yes, we need to get, have better turnout here, there. We also need to get uh, more turnout with our young people. Uh, every four years, the Dems say this will be the year, and every four years that doesn't happen. And so I think this year, this year we will get that. Yeah, and that's, a, that's an important thing, too. we got to show up everywhere. I talk about cities. I'm from Milwaukee. I mean, this is home for me. Uh, but the fact is, I mean, even in my primary, we showed up everywhere. And, and 
we won 71 out of 72 counties in my primary. But in the general, uh, one thing I will say, too, about uh, Governor's team once we got on the ticket together is there were times where I was like, I probably want to be in Milwaukee a little bit more. And they were like, no, you're going to, <laughs> you're going to any, you, you got to go to Wausau. You got to go to Anago, right? Like some, somewhere very far, very different from, uh, you know, my, my, my Wisconsin experience growing up. Uh, but that was important because they needed to hear uh, from, from each of us everywhere all across, uh, all across Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, I know you, you say you don't go back to the last election and just try to replicate it exactly, but there are uh, certain things that you do want to go again, do again because they worked. And not only did they work, there's an opportunity still for growth, uh, for us to continue showing up, to continue to talk to people. We had a chance to visit all 72 counties uh, in, our, in our first year in office, and uh, that matters. Uh, people need to know that you care about them because for far too long, uh, people have been ignored, and that's why the 2016 election went the way that it, that it did, largely. Yeah, and I think just to kind of reiterate, it's, of course, traveling the state because Wisconsinites want you to show up. But I think on top of showing up, they want you to listen. And I think one thing that we did really well in 2018 was we not only traveled the state, but we were listening to what people were they care about. I know my mom tells me all the time, she's like, Sarah, now that you're a politician, all you do is talk, 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 talk. But do you ever listen to people? You know, you have two ears. And I think that's something that we really worked hard on is listening to make sure we knew exactly what Wisconsinites needed. Um, and that's, I think, important and encourage all of you to travel the state, whether it's Wausau or Eau Claire and Green Bay, and really listen to them um, and, and the concerns that they have and what they're looking for in this upcoming presidential election. Well, I want to thank our, our great friends, uh, the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the treasurer for sharing their thoughts with us and joining us this morning. And we look forward to working with over the course of the next seven months. So thank you all. Thank you. Thank you.